This is Capello Talks, the podcast. Listen to our expert panel talking all things coaching with the glitterati of the soccer world. In this episode, Director of Coaching Dave Clark speaks to the founder, Director and Head Coach of Go for Goal Andy Maciel about working with Capello on season-long session plans for the move from 7v7 to 9v9. Right, it's great to have uh, Andy Maciel with us here today. Andy's going to be uh, working with Capello. He's creating a season-long schedule of training and match day management. Um, it's really good to have you with us, Andy. Morning, Dave. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited with um, the Capello launch. Great to see that the site's up and running now. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know it's going to be good. Um, you're, uh, you're a really interesting uh, character because you have loads and loads of experience in coaching. Um, first of all, uh, can you explain the importance? Because we're going to be looking at 7v7 to 9v9 with you. Can you explain the importance of, of that move? Um, yeah, I think first first of all, I, I, I think coaches that are going through that transition with their players, first of all, is not to be daunted by it. It's just it's just a transition. You know, if you if you break it down very simply, you know, you, you've got an addition of two players. Obviously, the, the pitch is, is bigger. Um, you know, your offside comes into play. Um, I encourage all my coaches that are working currently with um, under 10s that are looking to move into the 9v9 around the Christmas time to start, you know, working on offside and that it, moving forward, I'll probably be starting to do that with the younger groups anyway, as they do in Spain. Um, you know, we, we don't have the offside um, rule at all in the young ones, but, you know, people get really, oh God, you know, now we've got to start doing offside. Um, and quite honestly, um, if you talk to, to young lads or young girls, they actually know more than what we we um, appreciate because they're all on PlayStation or FIFA, etc. So so they know they, they know more than what we we actually think they do. Um, so really, I I just say don't be too daunted about it. Just look at the basics. Um, look look at what um, is going to affect those those players, which is basically that the more space they've got, you know, the pitch is bigger. So when a lad you know, a pass that he might have made on the 7v7, you know, they've just got to judge things like that a bit bit better now um, because they're the bigger area. So for me, that's one of the biggest things. Um, I let them go out onto the pitch. Um, we play for 10 minutes, you know, just just let them play. They, they, they love it. And then we say, OK, what, what's going on? What do you think? And then you start getting the answers. Oh, God, there's so much space. I'm getting tired if I run up and down. And so all these little things, let them find out themselves. And, and then you start breaking it down. Um, I mean, my rule of thumb with, with all of it now um, um, is I just think of football, whether it's 9v9, 7v7 or 11v11, which is the game proper, um, is I just think about it as loads of little games within one big game. Um, so that, that's how I kind of look at it. That's great. And tactically, uh, what what kind of formations are we looking at to set up in? What, because I guess uh, from when they come from 7v7, they're doing 3-2-1, uh, that kind of formation. What would, what do you move into? Well, uh, you know, over the years with experience and then more, more studies, more consultation with other coaches and um learning your your game first of all you have to know yourself what what you want what do you want to see um and sometimes uh well not sometimes quite often 
Um, we're all guilty of it. You know, we get um, a fixation with a certain system, a certain formation, and that becomes the be-all and end-all. And really what it, what it is, it's just a setup. It's an initial setup. And, you know, we'd like to, to encourage our players to, to do natural rotation um, so long as the positioning's right. You know, first of all, as you know, um, my philosophy is is how, how they play in Catalonia, you know, with Albert. Um, so if you look at the 11 v 11 and then come backwards, that's what, what we do. We look at the 11 v 11 game because that's what our, our end goal is to, to get players ready to play the 11 v 11 game. So if you start there and work back, it, it's, it gives you a, a better way of approaching your sessions, your game model, etc. Um, so with, with me, I, I, I initially I'll probably start with with, with like a one three three two, um, because my I'd like them to be looking ahead. I'm looking at an eleven eleven. Ideally, if my players are are suited to it, and you know, providing my coaching is is right, um, I'd like to play the three four three. Um, so coming back on that, I look at it and I think, okay, what, what's my main priorities? You know, triangulation, uh, space, closeness of, of spaces so we can recover uh, on the loss, et cetera. So that, that's how I kind of look at it. And, I, and you know, as, as I've shown you and, and discussed with you, I split the pitches into grids, et cetera, to, to start giving them that awareness of positioning. Positioning is so important. Yeah, no, that's really good. And that, um, I guess, um, within the, the sessions that we're uh, creating with you, um, that you're going to be uh, using, that um, the coaches that come onto the platform and, uh, and follow you, they're going to be able to use these sessions with their players that will help them in the 9v9 game. Um, aside from that is we're going to start actually... Uh, with pre-season, aren't we? Next uh, in 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 August, we're going to start the we're going to yeah. start with pre-season. How important is pre-season then to under eleven year olds? It's it, it's not hugely important, you know. Uh, there's this uh, stigma about oh pre-season, you know, we've got to get them fit and everything. You know, young young kids are fit. Um, we we don't need to to get them running and that. I, I, as you know, I don't do any running even with the. The older players, it's it's all done constructively with 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 the ball, etc. Um, but it's important in the sense of as when you're doing a transition like this, it's using that time um, efficiently to 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 help those players adapt to to that ninety uh, nine to their transition. That that's that's the importance. The rest of it stays much the same. A lot of the practices will be the same. Um, the level of intensity will will go up a little bit. Uh, depending on on the ability levels of the players, um, streaming is hugely important. You know, if you if you're a club that's got uh, more than one team per age group, it's essential uh, for me that that you um, that you stream those groups appropriately so that players are are, are challenged not too high so that so it's too much um, and not too low so. You know that they're under challenged. That's that's for me is one of the key things. I see it in so many grassroots clubs. Um, you know, managers want to hang on to the players, um, they, and they want to get rid, you know, for want of a better term, of what they term as their weaker players, and therefore the, the development is stunted for me. Um, if you zoom out and you look at your, your teams and you, your communication with your parents. Um, you know, the, the culture that you have within the club is to that communicate with those parents and say, look, this is development. 
Um, it doesn't matter if Johnny's playing for this team or that team. It's appropriate to them. And the end goal is their development. Um, so that's that's what I, I'd look for, first of all, um, and make sure that they're playing the right levels. The rest of it is, is very, very similar. You know, um, the, the session, depending on what you want to get out, it's very similar. It's just a, a step up. Um, you know, can, can you challenge them more? If, you know, some practices as coaches, we've all got favourite practices. So as they develop and, and they, they need a better challenge, it might be areas that you, that you reduce or make bigger. Um, you know, you might reduce the, the number of uh, floaters, etc. So it's just challenging appropriately. But re- as we say, recruitment, or in this case, streaming, is, is make sure the groups are right. Then your sessions can be far, far more productive. I see a lot of frustration. And I had, you know, as I came through, as I evolved as a coach, I reflect now and I see that so much of my frustration was born out of working with mixed levels. Um, and if you can get that as right as possible, then everyone's a winner. You're, you're more effective as a coach. Uh, the players, which is the most important thing, um, develop appropriately. Um, and you'll find that, um, you know, it's been proven in one of the studies that, in a course that I did, that, you know, the later developer, if, if actually focused on properly, uh, quite often ends up the better athlete. Um, you know, and then the other side of the coin for me is the better player. You, you go, oh, well, we don't have to worry about him. He's great. You know, he's, he's, all right. he's okay. Uh, so you tailor your session to what we, what we term as the weaker player. And without meaning to, unconsciously, you're neglecting that so-called better player because he or she needs challenging as well. So they need to be in a group that's actually pushing them. Um, so that's that's for me is it, key, and I try and encourage that. You know, at Leatherhead where we work together, it, it is something that I finally finally got through. And, and whilst it was painful this year, um, I think people were already starting to see the benefits of that. Yeah, no, brilliant. Yeah, yeah um, as uh, yeah, and, and I do work with you uh, at Leatherhead, and I've seen you work at all different age groups. Um, and and obviously you have a lot of experience with it with, with all different ages. So, and I know that you've been on. You know you've done you, you've worked with a, with with other coaches you've, in, in in different countries. So when when you come to to create uh, these sessions, what do you base it all on? Then where do you do you drag bits out from Spain and bits out from the work you've done yourself and bits out from other coaches? How do you how do you get that perfect uh, creation for a, a uh, a season <laughs> well per- perfect word that we all love and, and unfortunately it never applies um, <laughs> yeah. you know we, it, it's lovely when you actually feel near perfect we all know it's like a player player knows when he's played really well yeah. and I think as coaches you know you can come off a off a training pitch off, off the grass and go do you know I really nailed that um, and your players your players body language you just know when a session works because your, your players response that's that's the that's the biggest guide you can do. All the evaluation, all the reflection, which is very, very important. Um, I don't think coaches reflect enough, um, or can can you can never re- reflect enough. Um, but for me, the biggest um, indication is players. You can look at your players at the end of a session or during it, and you just know, yeah, I've nailed this session. Um, but to answer your question, yes, it, it's a mix. My biggest influence, obviously, as you know, is is. Is Spain, is uh, more so Catalonia, uh, where I studied extensively now. Is my passion, 
my passion for that kind of football took me there. Um, and by by um, having that that venture out, it's opened up so many doors. And and I've always believed fate helps you out. So, you know, I went out to football saloon. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Met some amazing coaches that we're we're friends with. We partnered them after one year. Um, they loved the groups that we took out um, and we brought a, their concept called smart football. We brought it back with us and we became the UK partners of smart football, which was basically, um, as, as you're aware, they, they work to making more intelligent players. It all starts with a brain. Um, and back in the day uh, when my business partner, Jan, um, took over Bromby IF in, in Denmark, his first recruit, um, in staffing was Thomas Frank and then his number two was Albert Capellas and this is where fate comes in you know I went out there um, and had a sabbatical at, uh, at, at Bromby met Albert and a host of other great people but you never lose a good contact so all those years ago I, I, I looked upon Albert as a mentor I loved what he did you know across the, 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 the space of a few days I, I was just in awe of listening to a man, watching him on the training ground, um, getting very excited about looking at sessions he did and saying, oh, but I do that, I do that. And uh, and he he just smiled and said, great, that's really good. But when you watch us doing it, I want you to to tell me what's different. And it was such a simple thing. You know, I was watching uh, position, possession-based practices and thinking I saw the session plan for, I'd do that. But the key element was I never I never really put the, the players in positions. Something as simple as that. And, it, you know, it, it just a little penny dropped. And I'll never forget that. And then I emailed him and kept in touch. And then, as fate would have it, he knows the people in Spain very well because they're all close-knit. And now, you know, fast forward all these years, I'm now partnering with Albert um, and Possession Football, which is now Cruyff Football. Um, and as I think... Most people are aware that know Albert. He's now returned back to uh, Barcelona, which is fantastic. So I'm hoping to go out there and, you know, he's invited me to spend as much time as I want at Barcelona. So I'm not going to turn up that kind of opportunity. So my biggest influence is 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 that form of football. Um, I, I love the, the the position possession base, but also the pressing. You know, winning the ball back very early and uh, to, to to most parts in the opponent's half. So we play. We look to play in the opponent's half. Um, and then you, you never lose the, the good influences as well. You know, I learned so much from from Dick Bate, uh, you know, the great Dick Bate. What an amazing man, what an amazing coach. So that sort of knowledge never leaves you. So, you know, I have that Mickey Beals influence, uh, Ben Bartlett, uh, Ted Dale from my very early days. Um, coaches I work with now. You know, you learn from everybody. You know, as as you know, we've got quite a good team of coaches. Um, I've watched them. And as long as you're humble enough to keep an open mind, it just doesn't mean because you've got years of experience um, that you you can't learn from someone that maybe hasn't. And, and that's something else I learned from Albert. Because when I first met him, I thanked him because he taught me so much. And he said, no, thank you. I also learned from you. And that was a really profound statement. And, and it made me really think. I thought, you know what? Yes, we, we can all learn from each other. So... Yeah, it's, it's a mix of everything. And in this day and age, it's in front of us 24-7 through the internet, which can be a problem because there's so much on there. And, of course, us as Capello are adding to that um, because there's so much for coaches to access. And I think it's a case of you have to filter out, decide what you want, 
what do you want to see? What what how do you want to see the game play played? And then get all the the tools, the 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 info, the knowledge to suit that. Don't try and be a jack of all trades. That that's what I did for many years unconsciously. Um, and then I had to stop, zoom out. What do I want to do? And then when I when I really realised that was my passion, and as soon as I went to Spain, that changed the ball game for me completely. No pun intended. Um, so yeah, that, that's how it is for me. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that's really good. And and you know, interesting. You should bring up the the fact that there's such a lot of uh, information on 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 the web out there because. Um, I know that it's really difficult. You know, some some of the younger coaches and the much more inexperienced coaches um, are, are reading lots and lots of stuff, um, and 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 some of it doesn't really help them at all. Um, which is obviously some, one of the reasons why Capello is here. Um, and we will have a lot of coaches who are are new and who will come along and 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 use uh, use your uh, sessions now some of them uh will be coaching really uh kids who are not as developed as others so so when they when they ha- you have the concepts of things like position possession and pressing put in front of them they don't they won't pick it up as quickly as uh, as, as as some of the more developed ones so how do you it, it, i mean is it fine for a coach to say okay this session i've done it uh two weeks can i use it a third week Definitely, definitely. But reflection will will tell you that it, it may be that that session needs tweaking. You, you know, um, like uh, when you say that coaches, and I hope, you know, first of all, the most important thing is that, that I hope uh, my input to Capello is going to help coaches. That's why you guys have set up this great website, this great um, uh, tool for coaches and, and my input. You know, I'm grateful that you've asked me to be part of it. But I really sincerely hope it helps coaches. And, and it's not just the sessions, but, you know, snippets like, like this podcast and, and the hopefully the newsletter that we're going to do with it. We'll, we'll give coaches little pointers. Um, but certainly it's all right to repeat. Um, I, I repeat sessions all the time, um, but not necessarily just the same session. I have to, you have to look at it and go, okay, if your players aren't absorbing something, reflect first and say, okay, why are they not? Look at my session. Um, it may be that it, it's too much for them. Um, it may be that the space is too tight. It may be that, <coughs> excuse me, um, the uh, what your your expectations are, are too much. Um, so zoom out, l- look at the, the most important thing. So as an example, you know, the first thing I want is for my players to have the good, good first touch, good body position, if they can have that, then they'll see more and that will help their decision-making. Simplify it. Be very, very simple and clear about what you want. Um, sometimes, because there's so much available, and especially for a young, or it doesn't mean actually young, you could go into coaching later on, but a new coach is so full of excitement, enthusiasm, and you want to take this session and you see every detail of it and you want you want everything from that to come out. Um, and that's one of the biggest mistakes. Uh, and it's one of the um, the hindrances, um, if that's the right word, of um, this abundance of um, knowledge and information on the Internet. Um, Raymond Verherin, who you know I study with, he, he actually says there's a tsunami of uh, BS out there. And, and, and <laughs> I kind of agree with him in part, uh, but 
you know, he he is quite blunt, Raymond, and and normally, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time he's bang on. Um, so the the danger is to copy and paste. If if that's the term you'll probably hear me use a lot, even with my own team of coaches, avoid copying and pasting. Oh, that's a great session. Pep did that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Pep Pep does it. So I'll, I'm going to yeah. co- copy and paste it. First things, understand it. If you're looking at someone else's session, so if you're looking at my session. Understand it. Hopefully, the, the info that I've given, the key points, are are, um, are are good enough to give you the overall picture of what needs to come out. But then adapt it to to you, uh, uh, to your players, not to you. Sorry, adapt it to your players. Just take from it what what is is applicable. It, you, the whole session may not be, um, you know, the layout may not be. Um, you know, if I'm doing a four four v two box as a warm up, as an example. Um, that might be too difficult for, for some people. So go 4v1. Simple as that. Just take one player out and make it a 4v1. You've still got your triangulation. You've still got minimum touches, etc. Um, so make it suit your players. Um, I think in in probably the last three years, um, what I've really focused on more is making sure you identify what each individual player needs within your team. That That I think is so important for coaches. We look at a team and bang, everything's the team, the team. And you need to know what every single player, what does he need? What does he bring? What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? You know, and nine times out of 10, if you look at that, you, you'll actually go, do you know what? I'm playing I'm playing this lad left back and he's playing in the wrong position. Yeah, you know, so so these, these sort of things are, are, are sort of so important over and above just whacking out a session plan, you know, and in that excitement, get into the training ground. I've got to get this plan out. Sometimes I'll, I'll start a session. Um, a lot of coaches I know do this and you just stop after 10 minutes, right? We're going to have a game. I'm not just set up a game because it's not working. And then the best, the best thing, if you ask players of any age, if you get your under sevens out there or you get the seniors, when I take the seniors exactly the same, what do you want to do if you say that they say I want to play? So if you have that in your head as, as the focal point as a coach that your players just want to play, that will give you a good indication of how to do your sessions. So, you know, set up as much play, as much a bit of competitiveness, healthy competitiveness, you, you know, it, it's, it's a winner and a loser. Um, even in a 1v1 duel, you know, try and make it competitive all the time. Have that element of why do kids play? Why do people play? And that really, that really change your focus on your sessions. I think that's one of the best tips I ever got, um, which I which I share. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, it's funny you should mention the game at the end, and 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 we always call it the game at the end, but um, it shouldn't really just be the game at the end. Um, I've heard a lot of coaches uh, use it as a uh, when when the when their players are, are are either not grasping what the coach want them wants them to do, or or the or they're messing about a bit, the first thing you hear them say is right that we won't have the game at the end. And yet, I've you know you and I have spoken often about how important the game at the end is because that's what we're building up to, isn't it? Constantly, yeah. it's the game at the end. Yeah, that phrase that that uh, that mindset of some coaches. Absolutely. That qualifies what I just said previously. So they're so focused on the session that they don't actually know what they're doing without being, well, I'm not being rude here. It's quite common. Um, so to say to a player, well, if you, you know, if you don't concentrate and get this right, we're not going to play the game. 
So if you if you just listen to that for for a few seconds, you know, and and you think, and listen, we've all been guilty of it. I'm not not going to sit here and say I'm white and white. I've done it myself. And when I think back and reflect back, I think, oh my god, what was I doing? Because if those players are like that in a session, is it the players or is it you? Is it your session? And again, 99% of the time, it would be you. So always look at yourself first before the players. Why are the players messing around? Why are they disengaged? It's because the session's not stimulating. Or it's over It's over their head, so they, they're not buying it. Especially with young players. You know, there's so much detail that people try and get into young players. And, you know, you and I had this discussion the other day about the prefrontal cortex. You know, it's nowhere near developed. It doesn't finish developing until 25. So... You know, sometimes we're expecting kids to do what adults do. Well, they're just not capable. Their brain's not capable of doing it. Um, so the game, the game is the most important part of it. And, you know, you studied with Ben Bartlett. And, and I remember when, you know, Ben first um, showed us about, you know, the whole part whole. So sometimes I look at the mood in a warm-up and I'll change my session and I'll set up the game to start with. Now, you, you just picture this. If you start with a game, you've captivated your players straight away. You know, they're playing the game. And then you can say, okay, that's brilliant. Ten minutes, we're going to do this now. Because how did you find, what did what what was, what were we like at the weekend? And it could be, you know, we kept losing the ball because we, we, were, we were overplaying, we were having too many touches. Okay, good. So they reflect on that. Right, let's just spend ten minutes on this little practice now. So you bought them by playing the game. They're hooked in a session. Uh, I don't mean do that every week, but look, you you have to think on your feet. Look at the mood of your players. You know, we're not dealing with pros who come in every single uh, every single day. We're dealing with, you know, school children who've had a whole day at school. You know, it could have been really hot day. So they've had a bit of sport at school. They've been studying all day. They're exhausted. They've got home. They've rushed a little meal. Mum's rushed them to the training ground. You've got a picture of what it's like for the, these kids. And, and we are so nailed on for our sessions. And we expect them to be, you know, 100%, 110% on it. Um, and they're not. So you, you have to make allowances for that. And, but you have, to, you have to see it. You have to see it and you have to feel it. You can feel your session. That's, for me, that's the most important thing, feeling your session, knowing your players um, and feeling that buzz, you know, get that enthusiasm going. Um, and then and from there, you can lead, you know, you can lead it on. A, a great coach on a uh, coach I met through a, a, a conference last year sorry the, the year before just before lockdown um, a guy called Ed Coughlin Irish guy skill, skills acquisition amazing man and I'll just very quickly tell you what, what he said and it captivated me he he works with some of the world's top top sports people especially golfers at the moment um, but he stood on the stage and he said um, well I've finally gone full circle he said I've taken over my son's under eight team in Ireland and he said, so we get to the training ground. And I said to him, what do you want to do? And they said, and he said, guess what? They all said, we want to play. He said, so I said, that's it then. We'll play. Yeah. And he said, set up goals and they play. And he said, that is how we coach. And then in it, I'll just say to him, okay, guys, you know, what did, what happened at the, on Saturday? And they go, oh, we were, we were terrible at corners. So he stimulates it. So he says, okay, well, during this game, do you, then it, like he'll think something like this. Okay, instead of throw-ins, every time the ball goes out for throw-in, that team will have a corner. So within the game, he's he's focusing on something and he gets the buy-in from the players. And I thought, 
how simple is that? You know, so they're playing a game. That's all they've been, but he's finding those little details that he needs to address. And, you know, that's the art, the art of coaching is actually feeling, seeing what they want, knowing the picture yourself, because a lot of coaches don't. They, they just say, I'm going to do this session. Why does that session link up? What are you trying to get out of it? What do the players need? Um, and then take it from there, simplify it. You know, most of my sessions and yours are broken into three areas. Um, but sometimes I don't even break them down. I just I just start with a game and, and let it flow and, and, and get what I want out of that game. Especially when you've only got one session a week mm. with a team. Completely different when you've got, you know, access to them twice a week, three times a week, four times a week. So you've only got them once, capitalise on that time. You, you know, I mean, we're not even going to discuss it here, thank God. But how many coaches do you see, especially now pre-season, cones out, poles out, hurdles, and they, they waste a good half of their session doing what they term as fitness drills. Mm. It's criminal. Yeah. Anyway, don't get me on that because there's not enough time <laughs> on this podcast to talk about that. <laughs> well, Andy, yeah, we, 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 so the focus is, is the players. Um, so here's my hardest question for, for you because, because this, isn't, uh, this isn't about uh, the sessions. This is... Uh, so you coach all these different age groups. Do you have a favourite age group to coach, or or does it? Or do they all have? Do they all have something individually different at different ages that they learn, or they develop, or they see? Do you- yeah. They they do they do. Um, uh, you know, I when I first got going uh, as a full time coach, as I made that career change many years ago, you know, my Saturday morning soccer school. Um, is you know I started with three year olds and and I had to become one of them again and it, and again I remember Mickey Bill in his early days at Chelsea and you know how brilliant he was with the, with the young players and you know and it's not a wonder that he's one of the world's top coaches now definitely one of the country's top coaches mm. um, but I look I remember how he he almost became one of the kids and and so there's all magical moments but because I've had this this journey now and as as you're aware I've got some players that are you know now turning pro that mm. I've had since since four or five years old um so I can I can reflect on that whole journey and now when I look at it my favorite age group is 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 under 16 okay and the reason there is I mean that's saying I'm under 16 providing that's a group that I've taken right through because I've almost got them to the end of their journey in the sense that you know, if I look at our Spanish model, it, it's it's that journey from five to eighteen. You know, uh, yeah. can you can you get that player to there? And obviously, it's not the the finished article because they've still got a hell of a lot of learning and developing. But you've given them that complete foundation. So that under sixteen is is on the cusp. But for me to see so many of my under sixteens play under eighteens, in, in not even in year one, but in, in you know, so minus year one. They're still under 16s playing and holding positions in the under 18s. Great, great achievement. That's for, first of all for them, but because their application, their, mm-hmm. their uh, absorption of the coaching they've been given. And it's not just on field coaching, off field coaching is huge. It's huge. Um, and now is there's so much more focus on that. By that, I mean, you know, what you're doing with your players, how you're communicating them, how, how aware of you of what's going on in, in your players' lives, you know. Um, uh, coaches are, you know, so, sometimes the, the the main confidant of of a player. You, you know, we don't realise how 
how much players look up to us. So we can have the most positive effect on a player and we can also have the most damning effect. Uh, and I've been guilty of both. Thank, thank God I've, it's been more positive. But I know that, that, that I have players that I've, I've made, the, not destroyed totally, but I've impacted. And luckily I've, I've realised it and I've sat with them and said, listen, hands up, I'm sorry. I was a bit over the top, you know, in my in my zest to, to push them on and challenge them. I actually deflated them. I actually uh, uh, made them feel a lesser person, which is criminal. Uh, but it's important to recognise that because we're all we're all human beings. As coaches, we can make mistakes, but it's very very uh, reassuring for a player if you can hold your hands up and go, "Listen, I'm sorry." Um, but the buying from the player, the trust, what he has in you, uh, you know, I've got a boy, Jamie. You've seen him play. In fact, I'm doing a one-to-one with him tomorrow. You know, he's going to West Ham um, next week, and he's he's a boy that, that was very challenging from 10 years old very challenging because of various issues school and everything but what a fantastic player and and it's because he he bought us he, he gained our trust you know I, I i gave him a bit of slack but i also reined him in when i needed to but he bought me you know teachers his school said you know we can't connect with him like you can and these are important things because now this boy's got he's on the cusp of hopefully getting a pro contract but he was in Chelsea as a 12-year-old. They let him go, couldn't cope with him. Brighton, don't want to know. Uh, and now that's a reward to us, not just me, but our team, because we've all had an influence on him, um, is to see him get over the line. You know, yeah. so mm. 16, under 16 for me is, is brilliant because they're, they're, they're young men. Yeah, you, you, you can, you've been treating them, you know, I go on tour with all these players, as you know, and it's fantastic. You you learn so much about them um, mm. because, you know, you eat, you sit and you eat together, you discuss together, you relax together, you, you train together, you play. So you're, you're, you're spending so much more time. And so you get to know more and they, they become more relaxed with you. They share things with you that, you know, I've got lads who, who share things with me. They won't even share with their dads. That's a fantastic compliment to a coach. Now, mm. now I don't say to that child, don't, I try and encourage him to build a relationship, to try and communicate with, with his father. Um, but at least they've got that outlet um, to, to be able to, to confide in someone, to trust someone like that. So, you know, these are the other rewards of coaching. It's, it's yeah. people, you're developing people. And I think for me, that's that's one of the best buzzes of what we do. You know, I, I love it. When I see my, my lads perform, you know, Ryan um, at Brentford, you know, he came back. I did a series of one-to-ones with him for pre-pre-season. Uh, I listened to his Brentford interview last week, you know, and it makes me yeah. emotional because, you know, I, I remember being in Spain with him as a 12-year-old yeah, uh, and, and winning futsal against Espanol and that, you know, and now he's a man, you know, he's, he yeah. picks me up. When we do training, so I'll come and get you and then we'll go to the training ground. It's incredible. And <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk about his first debut, you know, his debut, he's hopefully going to make his debut in the Premier League, yeah. you know, and incredible. 18 months ago, he's playing with us at Leatherhead. So, mm. You know, I have goosebumps as I'm talking to you about, it. and these are this is the the enthusiasm. This is the reward that you know any young coaches that are just getting out into it. That this is a fantastic career, guys. This is this is what it's all about. And no matter what level you work at, it's a fantastic, fantastic. Um, I wouldn't say job. It's a fantastic pastime. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is, and and you do, you know, and and I, I do like that aspect that. Uh, the players that grow up with you that uh, when they go from from age to age and like you say suddenly they uh, they're the ones driving to the to the games and 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 they get older 
Um, I, I also know, Andy, you've studied a lot with Raymond Vermeehan, who we've uh, spoken about, but um, how has this changed the way you, you think about the game rather than you, the, the way you coach the game? Do you know what, Dave? At, at some point, I wouldn't mind doing a, a podcast just on my education with Raymond because mm-hmm. um, to sum it up, if I had to, thinking is the word. He mm-hmm. has made me think better than I've ever thought in my life. And I don't mean just on football. Um you know, one course with Raymond changed my complete approach to one coaching, but also to, to the way I live my life. And he and the main thing is he makes you think about your thinking. Hmm. And that's it, that's I, I I can't I I would I'll, I'll be sharing stuff from from Raymond uh, during uh, the sessions that, that I put up and and the notes that I put up. Um, and you know, I'd urge any coach to to have a look at. Raymond's teachings on on the football coach's evolution, but I'll share stuff like that. But but to answer that in in those simple words, he's made me think about my thinking. That's it. We can all raise our bar, uh, and he opens your eyes up to that. If if you want your eyes open to it, if you don't, then your eyes remain shut. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's how I'd say. It. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing these session plans, Andy. You know, because they are they're for me and for a, a lot of other coaches. We are moving to nine v nine this season, and it and it will it will help it massively in 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 what we coach. Um, but not not to put too much pressure on you. But how how do we uh, how do we then analyze what our coaching has done for us? It, it, I mean, it's not about winning games, is it? We mean if we say this is the development that the players are having, it, it's not about I'm saying oh we win every week, so hey we must be doing well. Yeah. Now winning and losing is never never the yardstick. Um, it's it's winning is great. I always set the boys up to win. I, I don't agree with this thing in England where we say about winning is not important. It is important, and if you don't if you don't teach that in you know initially, then uh, then it's never going to come in. So I don't agree with that. But but it's not. It's obviously not the being all and end all. So we set set the challenges. Um, what what do you want? You know, each week look at little challenges. You know. Um, I'll give you an example. We have we want to use the width and the depth. So recognize that success. You know, video's great now. You can video a game on an iPhone. You know, videos are becoming very popular. Share that with the players. Share that successes, guys. Reflections. Ask the players to do their own reflections. I've given you all the reflection sheets that I that I used for my players. Mm. I've shared that with all of you. I'll share it with your coaches on Capello. Find out first of all what the coach, what the players have, have have learned. Get their feedback. Combine that with yours on your reflections, and and then you will start to gauge. Unless you you pinpoint what you want to see, know what you want to see, you won't know any development. Okay, so look at the basics uh, first. It, it, the it, try and ignore the result. Let the boys and girls know that we do want to win. Okay, when they win, celebrate it. Obviously. Um, but also try and encourage them to, to what was winning a consequence of playing well. That's our mantra. Winning, winning should be the consequence of playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, so identify the areas that you've worked on in training. What are the focuses? You know, it's easy build up. For instance, you know, if we start at the back, we might go from pre-season to October concentrating on build up. That's the only focus we've got. The rest of it, 
just take as it will. Let the game unfold. But concentrate on build-up. Yes, we had four attacks in the first half from building up. Great success. What was our target? We set out to try and do five. Okay, guys, we achieved four. Fantastic. Then we might move forward and, you know, uh, um, how many runs did we make in behind the defence? You know, so you're working on that. Just I'm giving you ideas now. I'm not saying mm -hmm. doing those stages. I'll help with the sessions yeah. as well. Um, but that's how I identify it. L look at your small goals, achieve your small goals, leading to the big goal. Does that yeah, make sense? I, yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, one of the things I always remember you telling me uh, was that uh, you, you were you were at a game or you were, I can't remember, I think you may have been coaching and uh, the parents apl suddenly applauded some uh, kid because he went in to win the ball. And uh, they were saying, oh, fabulous tackle, slid in and all sorts. But then uh, afterwards you said, well, did you actually win the ball? And the answer was, no, he didn't actually win the ball. And uh, you kept saying to me, well, the whole point is that, you know, you have to, you win the ball. That's what you applaud. That, uh, and that, yeah. that's the kind of learning things, isn't it, that we look for. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's and we can, on that note, we can help educate the parents with that. So it's not a case of berating a parent because the parent doesn't know that they don't know. Yeah. So they see that crunching challenge as, oh, that's a great football yeah. action. But, but was it needed? If it was a last-ditch tackle that the centre-back had to make, fantastic, applaud it, because that was that was what was needed. But if it's in, in the middle of the park and we can create an overload in defence and we can go 3v1, put pressure on the, on the ball carrier and come away with the ball, that's what you applaud. So if you educate the, the player to that, to encourage the player to, to relate to, to his parents, or even better, if you've got a forum that you can... can can communicate that to your parents tell your parents this is what we're setting the, the challenge for the boys so they know what you're actually looking at for that outcome so they know what to applaud they know what what the boys are achieving or the girls are achieving um, and I find that is something that I'm trying to implement because there's too much of a divide you know we've told the players or asked the players to focus on these particular ta uh, intentions tactical principles um, and then the parents to shout in something else. So mm -hmm. that's where the confusion comes in for the player as well. So it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. No, well, as I say, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing these uh, sessions, Andy. And, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you and get your opinions on the game. Uh, so thank you for coming along today. And thank you very much. It's been brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. I've enjoyed it. Looking forward to the season ahead. And, and like I say, to round up, I hope um, it helps all the coaches that um, access it. And um, and obviously we're open to, to anyone that wants more advice and help. OK. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Brilliant. Cheers, Andy. Uh, have a good Cheers. day. And you. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe for further podcasts and check out capello.com to see how we can help you take your coaching to the next level.